0: Welcome to Massive Late Fee, and now your hosts, Mark and Carol. Hi everyone, welcome back to Massive Late Fee. It is May 14th, 1994. My name is Mark, with me as always is my girlfriend Carol. How are you doing Carol?
1: Hey, what's up?
0: So we've had a good week here at Massive Late Fee. This is your One-stop shop for entertainment, TV, movies, news. We talk about it all. Everything that's hip and happening in uh, 1994.
1: (laughs) Yeah, because we are, you know, the pulse and the heart of the hip and happening scene.
0: Speaking of the pulse of the entertainment scene, Bob Hope. (laughs) (laughs) With his finger still on the... Well, he still has a pulse.
1: Okay. That's good. Right.
0: He's celebrating his 91st birthday, same, same birthday month as you.
1: Aw, happy birthday, Bob Hope.
0: They're having a TV special on NBC, a network he's long been associated with. And special guests are going to be Leslie Nielsen, Jonathan Winters, John Ritter, John Forsythe.
1: Wow. They got all the Johns. What the heck?
0: <laughs> uh, Angie Dickinson, Dolores Hope. Not sure why she's going to be there.
1: That's his wife. I, I figured.
0: Uh B Arthur, Betty White, Phyllis Diller, and Sugar Ray Leonard.
1: The Golden Girls.
0: That's right. Well, some of them.
1: Yeah. If I change my name to John, do I get to go?
0: Right. Uh I guess, you know, I wanted to I wanted to cover this. This is not entertainment news. Okay. But I just wanted to mention, this is world news, but we are not a serious news Organization,
1: Right. That
0: President Clinton nominated Stephen G. Breyer to the Supreme Court of the United States to, re- <sighs> to replace Justice Harry Blackmun. Anyway, he's supposed to be a more moderate judge. Yay. We don't know exactly how he'll rule. I, it was in the LA Times, I just thought... It was interesting. Okay,
1: but people aren't here for that. Move it on.
0: Okay, fine. Well, moving on then. Moving on to the next page (laughs) Los Angeles Times. A couple things. There's a a story about David Letterman and his team going to local comedy clubs to search out comedians to be on his
1: program. That sounds fun.
0: But, next page. Well, lower down on the page. Uh, NBC... Is breaking up their Thursday night lineup.
1: Now that's some news.
0: That is news.
1: That's important news. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Written by the great Rick Dubrow of L.A. Times fame. That I've, I've we've we've talked about a lot of his stories. But so now this is what they're doing. I guess Frazier's been a hit. Yeah. For them. Yeah. And they're moving Frazier and Wings. To take on ABC's lineup, Roseanne. They're gonna put Frazier up against Roseanne.
1: Oh, fuck them.
0: So you gotta choose no. Now.
1: Well,
0: then the only other solution for you is to have another TV in the house with a VCR attached to it and record Roseanne on, on tape. While watching the other one,
1: yeah, that's not happening.
0: Well, that's that's how you're gonna have to do it.
1: Oh God, how do we choose? It's like Sophie's Choice.
0: Well, I mean, Roseanne's—it's been around for a while, and I don't know. It seems like the quality maybe is not as good as it was. It is too. Frasier's a really good show.
1: it, uh, it is.
0: But th- these—this is exactly why they're doing
1: this. Roseanne has my heart, though. Like, I mean, I've been watching that since I was a kid.
0: Yeah, but Frasier's got your head. Because it's the smartest show on TV, <laughs> but yeah, it's <laughs> it's gonna be a tough choice. But they want obviously ABC, you know, it has uh, got a stranglehold on Tuesday, right? And NBC had a bit, you know, this big Thursday night lineup that they've been going on for a while. You know, it started with like Cheers and The Cosby Show uh-huh. way back when. Now Cheers is over, obviously. But they, you know, they they really owned Thursday night. They want to own Tuesday night too. Apparently,
1: greedy sons of bitches.
0: I wonder if ABC will move Roseanne. Do you think they'd ever do that?
1: I guess it depends on how much it hurts their ratings.
0: They could move it to Wednesday, maybe.
1: Yeah,
0: the day in between.
1: Yeah, I mean, if they move it to a spot when they're already not getting much traffic.
0: Well, you know, and NBC's got. Seinfeld for Thursday. Right. They've got a pretty solid Thursday night lineup without Frasier and Wings. So they move Frasier and Wings to Tuesday. It's like they're trying to make another Thursday night lineup.
1: See, I don't care about wings. I really don't. Mm.
0: I love Wings.
1: I, I, I know you do. I don't.
0: The Chapel Boys? It's kinda boring to me. Oh come on.
1: I'm sorry.
0: Well, I like the show. But Frasier.
1: Frasier is awesome.
0: How are you gonna how are you gonna choose?
1: I don't know.
0: Anyway, oh, uh, oh, another thing too real quick. The Violent Femmes are moving to a new label?
1: I love the Violent Femmes.
0: Yeah, the, so and they they've they've changed their lineup a little bit, uh the uh they they've gone from uh Slash Records to Electrica.
1: I like that name. It's pretty. It it's like my AOL name, Romantica.
0: Yeah. Yeah, look her up on AOL.
1: Romantic A Six.
0: Actually, don't. I don't want any. But I not No, no ASL for you. <laughs> no, no age, sex, location for you. I don't want guys hitting on you on 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 there.
1: Why? I mean, it's the internet. What does it matter?
0: What does it? Do you don't think it's cheating if uh, if you're talking with somebody or flirting with some guy on the internet? No. Well, then I guess you're not going on the internet anymore. <laughs> If that's your attitude towards it,
1: it's a computer.
0: But you're talking to a pure, a real person. Are you not like you're talking to a really? robot?
1: I mean, it doesn't seem that way.
0: Yeah, you're talking to Skynet. Yeah, from uh, Terminator. There 2. There you go. No, <laughs> that was sarcasm. Not <laughs> agree with me. You're not. No, I, you want. So it'd be okay if I flirted with girls on the internet.
1: He, yeah, cuz you're not actually going to see them. You're not going to do anything with them. You're just talking to them. What does you, it matter?
0: Then, but then they could be like, "Hey, let's meet up."
1: Well, okay. First of all, how often do you talk to people who are actually local? Almost never.
0: Sometimes, though.
1: Well, if you met up with them, that would be cheating and then I would kick your ass.
0: I I think it's a bad road to go down.
1: Maybe. I don't know. Let's let's talk about this. I'll tell off-line. you what. If this internet, okay.
0: if this internet thing ever catches on, I can see it being really bad for relationships. Uh, we'll see. Uh, anyway, that's pretty much it for the entertainment news. I just wanted to mention, too, that uh, I've been watching Weird Science on USA Network. Oh, okay. I like that show. I'm not going to talk about an episode right now.
1: When is it on? Do you know? Like- it's on
0: at night. Uh, like- I think it's on at 8 or uh-huh. 9. Hmm. They rerun it all the time, though, because you, it's not like USA's got a... Ton of original programs.
1: Okay, so <clears throat> this week I watched. Um, we watched together. Nine hundred two one zero.
0: Our continuing series on nine hundred two one zero.
1: Yeah, this episode's called Vital Signs, and um, it starts out with Andrea having this nightmare where she can't find her baby, and the baby's just crying, and she's wandering around. And okay, so then she wakes up because she has an alarm set to take a pill. Who does that? That's that's awful. Oh.
0: I guess she has to tame every four hours.
1: That's awful. That's
0: what she said in the episode. It
1: seems like like sleep deprivation torture. Um,
0: Probably really good when you're, uh, you know, having a at risk pregnancy too.
1: Right. Um, so okay, she's supposed to be on bed rest, right?
0: Yeah, that's what they said last episode.
1: She gets up out of bed and comes and talks to Jesse. Like, stay in bed, you whiny bitch! I don't know why she keeps getting up. All right, so Jessie's working on building the crib, and she's like, "Well, you've got a week to finish that, but your midterms are now. How do you know? You don't know how long you have to finish a crib. Like babies can come at any point."
0: That's true, but also, does it matter that the crib doesn't need to be done even when the baby, you know, arrives home?
1: Yes, it necessarily. Does. Where are they going to put the baby? Well they they could
0: buy a I mean, they could buy like a pre made bassinet or or something like that.
1: They're too broke college students. They don't have money to buy another one. you will just put the baby on the bed. Oh my God. What?
0: You can't put babies on beds?
1: No. Not to sleep. No. I mean you could roll over them and, and smother them. I didn't
0: say sleep with the baby.
1: And the baby could roll. Well I guess the baby doesn't roll when it first is born. I don't know. Anyway.
0: You just put the baby in the middle of the bed and you just go do whatever you have to do for the day.
1: I, I don't think that's how it works.
0: Well we're probably not ready to have kids.
1: <laughs> no we're not. So, okay, so in the episode, it's Mother's Day. Speaking of Mother's Day, did you do anything this weekend for your mother?
0: Yeah, I got her a card and took her out to dinner.
1: Ah, that's nice.
0: Yeah, pretty simple.
1: Yeah, my mom and I had brunch at Hudson's. Okay. You know, and we got to sit in that little thing where you can, like, look over the edge and see people walking around the mall.
0: Yeah, that's that's nice. I love
1: it. Okay. Did, so, did you get
0: a popover?
1: I did. Those are you good. You know I love popovers. Um. Okay. So Erica, Dylan's little sister, comes running in his bedroom when he's in, asleep in bed with Kelly.
0: Oh, this is the this is the little kid with the face of a 60-year-old woman.
1: <laughs> she does have a weird face.
0: She does. <laughs> and she looks she looks like a 60-year-old on a 10-year-old's body.
1: Right. But I mean, you don't run in somebody's bedroom like that. Like Kelly even says like we could have been making love and yeah, you know. But she's all upset because she thinks that she heard her mom and her stepdad are they married now or just? Engaged? I think they're engaged.
0: Yeah, yeah. Geraldo Rivera, right? And her stepmom or her mom
1: <laughs> talking about um, moving to she thinks South America,
0: right? Brazil,
1: right? So um, she doesn't say that. No, but. she says South America. So she gets Dylan out there and and get this she informs him that her mom and the other guy are in the living room.
0: Yeah, they've just come into the house. They
1: just let themselves in. Who does that? I don't know. I mean that that's I mean they're not even related.
0: Yeah, the relationship is tenuous at best, I guess. Right. She was with his dad and then she had a child with with his dad.
1: Yeah. But they weren't married or anything. She was never like his stepmom. Right. So this is his half sister. It's awesome he's having a relationship with his half sister. I commend him and the mom for making that happen. But, yeah, you don't just walk in somebody's house when they're sleeping. And then um, Brandon's getting all freaked out because he...
0: You don't want to resolve the South America thing? Oh, I'm thing. sorry.
1: I'm sorry. So, yeah, just so... just going to skip by that. <laughs> so Dylan uh, flat out asks them, hey, you know, I heard a rumor you're moving to South America. And they're like, well, no, we might move to the Southwest. Right. Because, The you know...
0: Southwest of America. Right. That sounds the same.
1: Which... Isn't California the southwest?
0: No. I mean, I know
1: it's the west.
0: California's the west coast.
1: But, I mean, if they... Don't
0: ever let a Californian here call it southwest.
1: What's the difference, though? I mean, really?
0: Uh, Well, okay, so in California, there's beaches and palm trees and, you know, the actual grass. And in the southwest, (laughs) there is desert and rock and mountains there are mountains that separate the southwest from the west.
1: Oh, okay. We'll see that. Helps. The
0: Sierra Nevada well, thank mountains.
1: Thank you. There's the answer to my question. There it depends on what side of the Sierra Nevada mountains they're on. Then.
0: Right. Uh, California is technically a valley, which is why there's so so much smog. Okay.
1: So, anyways, they're they're talking about maybe moving to Arizona. Correct. Which, depending on where they live, where is Beverly Hills? See, I don't know how far away these. I don't.
0: Beverly Hills is in. I think it's in. Beverly Hills County. I I don't think it's Orange County. I think it's I think Beverly Hills has its own county. It's near Los Angeles. It's okay. basically a posh suburb of Los Angeles.
1: So, like how far away is Arizona from there?
0: Well, Arizona's a big state, depends on where you are. But if right. you're in north if you're in the northwest part of Arizona, the part that's by Nevada, it's probably around a four or five hour drive. So, Uh
1: yeah, that's. that's I mean,
0: even any even any place in Arizona is going to be, you know, five six hours, not much more than that.
1: So, like, they could still see each other, but it would be hard.
0: Yeah, they could definitely come, you know, on weekends, things like that. Right. You can get flights too from Arizona to, the the flights are like an hour, you know, or something like that. Not very long flights.
1: Back to Brandon now. He is all excited because he's supposed to be going on this trip to D.C. where he gets to meet the president, one of the delegates for the chancellor.
0: Right. President Clinton, uh, presumably, if it's the real-life president.
1: But there's this weirdness going on through the whole episode with him and the chancellor where the chancellor is super busy and keeps blowing him off, and the secretary keeps not letting him see him. Correct. And, um... His name was left out of the program where the list of the delegates going were, and then he didn't get his airline tickets.
0: Correct. Well, remember last episode, when he talked to the chancellor about his daughter, Clarice, or whatever it is. Claire. That she basically laughed in his face and said he was screwed. So this is apparently yeah. the fruition of that.
1: That That's what it would seem. So okay, now we're back. I, I took notes here people. I took actual notes so I, I, I'm gonna be scared. that's
0: why it sounds like she's lurching from one thing to another
1: because it's what the show does. So okay, so with um, Andrea, she goes to the doctor and says that they tell her that she has excessive amniotic fluid and that I guess the pills aren't working. she's dilated more and and they want to admit her to the hospital.
0: Why well, don't they just drain the fluid?
1: I don't think it works like that.
0: You can't just, like, put a keg, up, like, a, like a tap I, up I, there and just drain I, I, some amniotic fluid out. And it's like, oh, levels are good enough.
1: Yeah, no. Huh. all
0: right.
1: Now, she mentions, though, this is another thing that bothers me. They were supposed to start Lama's class that night. Bed rest. What happened to bed rest?
0: That's a good point. <laughs> I didn't even catch that.
1: I mean, it's like she was hell-bent on not resting. Okay, I'll skip ahead. I'll, we, we can finish Andrea. And then we'll go back.
0: If that's what you want to do, I mean, they they go to the doctor, and the doctor tells her that they have that fluid thing, and that she needs to be admitted to the hospital,
1: right? And because the
0: baby's probably going to be premature.
1: So then she's you know blaming herself, like I think most women do when she should. Goes she wrong. shouldn't have
0: gotten pregnant when she was fifty years old.
1: <laughs> oh, I thought you were going to say when she was you know in college, but sure. <laughs> And um, Jesse did finish the crib, so they're talking about, oh, we're going to bring our baby home to the crib. Well, in the end, um, they're talking about doing an amniocentesis and to check check... for birth defects. Right.
0: Because the baby's almost here, so might as well see. What are they going to do? Are they going to get an abortion?
1: Yeah, it doesn't make sense. She's 27
0: weeks pregnant. I don't know all the laws about abortions, but I'm pretty sure even in liberal California that 27 weeks is too late yes so why and they he, he doesn't even explain why he just says oh we're gonna do an amnio and they ask why right and then he tells them and they're like well no we're not gonna do that
1: did they say they weren't gonna do it i thought they just said um you know we're not gonna think about it
0: i think she just said yeah we don't care if, the, if there's birth defects
1: okay yeah like seriously it's just more things to worry about So, okay, so then she, um, Donna comes to see her and brings her some book about, like, white light and positive thinking and, you know, it's all new agey shit. Oh, God,
0: yeah, I hate those things. And
1: tells her to visualize pink around the baby because that's love and the baby will know it's wanted and it just made me want to gag. But then Andrea has a dream where she finds her baby that she couldn't find before and it's surrounded in pink light.
0: Yeah, and she's holding it in her hands <laughs> and the baby is baby looks like a normal baby in you know the, the coloration and the face and everything, but it would ha- it looks like a uh like a lego person or something. Like, yeah. It would be that size in her giant hands. <laughs> or maybe it's God's hands, I don't know.
1: It looks That very will come bizarre. up. God's
0: hands will come up later. This
1: is true? In this
0: episode.
1: The hand of God. Um okay. So she ends up, of course, before the episode is over, going into labor. And that's how it ends, is that she's going into labor and just freaking out. Yeah. And saying, no, this isn't supposed to happen. In the
0: most ridiculous over-the-top... No, I can't. No. It was terrible. It was... I know you cried, but it was...
1: I got a little teary. I did not cry. But
0: it was the most overwrought, ridiculous thing I've ever seen in my life.
1: It was a little over the top, I guess.
0: And it was horribly acted.
1: But it's just mean to be like, oh my god. So, okay. (laughs) Is it? Is it mean to be like, oh my god. (laughs) When she is going through something dramatic and and she's freaking out and you're making fun of her but
0: here's the thing she's not (laughs) she's acting in a tv show (laughs) like she's going through it and the suspension of disbelief of a tv show is if you do a really good job you think to yourself this person is really going through this thing and then you form an emotional connection. Like I did. And then things like that can actually affect your emotions. But when it's so badly acted and so over the top, it's just a constant reminder of you, like a fist against the back of your head. This is just an actress just playing a role. That's why I didn't emotionally connect with it at all. Sure, the the situation is a dramatic situation that could, you know, make you feel things. But you have to actually perform it well in order for that to happen.
1: Okay. I I I I wonder then why did I form the emotional connection?
0: Because your standards are much
1: lower. Well, I am dating you.
0: Yeah, I knew I knew I was setting you up for that.
1: <laughs> all right. Um
0: Yeah, not for long with all of your flirting on the internet.
1: Oh come on, I don't do it. I'm just saying I don't think it's cheating.
0: I think you're wrong.
1: So seriously, like you think like people should break up because they're flirting on the internet with people they don't even know.
0: I think if you're flirting with other people on the internet, that it's a symptom of something more wrong with the relationship. Hmm. That's my opinion.
1: I guess. Um. Okay, so now we're going to move into the play, which was the main topic of like the last two episodes.
0: And given almost no screen time in this episode. Yeah. Um... We never see her act in it.
1: No. We get to see the standing ovations, though. I mean, it's, yeah. it's obvious she's doing a great job. Um, Steve won't go see the play because he feels like that's a betrayal to Laura somehow.
0: Steve has absolutely nothing... First of all, where is Laura? I bet we never see her again. Because she went to a sanitarium or something. In
1: Fresno. No, remember, he was packing up her things to send back to Fresno. Because her parents asked him to do that for no, them. I forgot. And they said this is not the first time she tried to kill herself, so she's going to be under someone's care for quite a while.
0: Yeah. So Steve didn't have anything to do in this episode, really. And apparently the writers hate Ian Searing as much as we do, or as much as I do, anyway. So they were like, "What's what's the thing that we could do when he really doesn't have anything to do that makes him look most like a dick? Because that's apparently the question they always ask when they write anything (laughs) for this character. So they're like, okay, well, let's just say he refuses to go see Brenda in the play. But we'll make it out of guilt. He has two... Ian Ian Ziering's character, what's his name? Steve? Steve, yeah. Steve has two modes. Complete asshole or uh, complete moping, feel, feel sorry for myself dick. Yeah. Those are the two modes of his character apparently those are the only thing the writers know how to write for him
1: yeah and and he's kind of a doormat yeah i mean he really does get for all the you know shitty things he does people he still gets pushed around a lot so dylan well let's back this up brenda gets a present before she goes out to perform the first night
0: yes oh yeah so this is the actual meat of the story right yeah
1: and um that director is so creepy by the way
0: yeah he is (laughs) Well, you said he was good looking last he is. last week. He's
1: still good looking. I'm not saying he's ugly. I'm saying he's creepy.
0: I don't, why do you think he's good looking?
1: I don't know. I just do. The
0: long hair and the goatee. I,
1: I guess. You can
0: barely see his face.
1: Well, maybe then I wouldn't think he was good looking if I could see his face. Whatever. Anyway, he's like lurking around. Like she's getting ready for the play. He's like, oh, I thought I was the only one who got here two hours early. And then he's all like hovering around her. Like he, he does that like close talk. He does. It seems like he's trying to seduce her all the time.
0: I guess. I think he has one of those personalities.
1: Yeah, and he's always kissing her on the on the forehead and the cheek, and I don't know. It's just weird.
0: Well, the guy's actually a pretty good actor. Yeah. One of the only good actors in this show.
1: <laughs> but this present he explains is the patron saint of actors on on a necklace, and talking about how
0: it's a it's a medal, it's a medallion. Yeah. It's so uh, Carol is not Catholic. So she doesn't know these
1: things. This is true, I am not.
0: But you know, uh the patron saint of travelers is Saint Christopher. So sometimes people will hang a Saint Christopher's medallion from their car. The, okay. the the rear view mirror of their car. It's on a simple silver chain, it's a little silver medallion embossed or engraved with Saint Christopher. This is Saint uh August August I don't know, something that starts with an A.
1: I couldn't pronounce it so i didn't even try to write it down
0: but that's the parent this patron saint of actors apparently
1: and um the the director guy like he's like that that has to be from someone really special and then she turns it over and you see it's from dylan right and she's like yeah it is
0: (laughs) (laughs) she that is that is about the caliber of her acting
1: So um, then, you know, we see that she did a great job. She's getting the standing ovation. Dylan's with Kelly and his little sister and the little sister's mom. And we'll just call him dad to make life easier. Mom and dad. And he's going on and on about, oh, how great Brenda was. Didn't she do so great? And I I don't know. I think uh, Kelly looked a little green. Yeah.
0: Oh, yeah. You know, it's weird. Considering this child that looks like, an old woman, and Andrea, who also looks like an old woman. I'm sure she's younger than she looks. Do they do do some of this casting in uh, like a nuclear facility where, (laughs) where, uh, you know, people had suffered radiation damage?
1: What? I mean, no. You're being a little harsh, man. You're harsh in it. Okay. And then... With um the little, the little girl Erica, I guess the 60-year-old woman and a 10-year-old, whatever you want to call her. Correct. She's over with Brenda and some other people talking.
0: She looks like she saw the Ark of the Covenant.
1: <laughs> oh my God. That's
0: what her face looks
1: like. What is wrong with you?
0: <laughs> well, I'm just saying.
1: She's got a lot of freckles. It's, she does. I mean...
0: <laughs> that helps. <laughs> if only she had so many freckles that all you saw was red.
1: Wow. Remind me never to get on your bad side. Just
0: red and two eyes.
1: Anyway. Um, Dylan... She had
0: cataracts. Oh
1: my god. I'll, let me know when you're done. Okay? Let me know. I'm just going to sit back and drink my coffee. Crickets. Crickets. Okay. Let's go. <laughs> um, he makes a comment that Erica always wanted a sister. Well, she's over there with Brenda. To right. Kelly. What is wrong with him? What? Like, is he trying to make her jealous?
0: What are you talking about? Dylan. <laughs> Repeat that again.
1: Dylan says to Kelly. Right. While watching Erica. Oh, I'll have to drag her away from the party. You know, she's always wanted a sister. While she's over talking with Brenda and a bunch of people. Oh,
0: I didn't pay full attention to this episode. I thought that, I thought that he was talking to Kelly. Basically saying to Kelly, hey... She wants a sisterly relationship with you. No. Okay. He was
1: talking about how attached she was getting to Brenda.
0: Gotcha. Well, that makes sense with the the way this episode went then.
1: Yeah. And then there's a little scene where Brendan is is stalking. Is his name
0: Brendan or Brandon?
1: Brandon. I don't know why I call him Brendan. Okay. Brandon. Brandon is stalking the Chancellor now. He is literally hanging out in the parking lot waiting for him to come to work so that he can cut him off before he gets the office. That's just messed up.
0: Well, he tried to talk to him at the play. Yes. Because he was at the play and he's talking to a bunch of delegates, just people dressed in stereotypical, like, African robes and
1: stuff. Yeah.
0: And I don't know what the hell he does or what CU, I'm guessing that stands for California University. I don't know. But anyway... I don't, uh, I don't know what they do or why he's talking to these people, why they have a delegate in Washington. I don't understand any of this because it's just a college, I thought. Right. But, yeah, Dylan tries – or Brandon – Brandon Bra- – <laughs> what's his name? Brandon? Brandon. Brandon tries to chase him down, and he sort of looks at me. He's like, oh, your sister is really good in the play. And he's like, yeah, but I want to talk to – he's like, oh, I don't have time. I'll be swamped all this week or whatever. And yeah, he
1: says, oh, I'll see you tomorrow. And he stops, comes back and says, I- I'll be very busy tomorrow, too.
0: Yeah, very seriously, he says this.
1: Yeah, so I, I don't know. Um, it's not looking good for Brandon. But while he's there, again, stalking the Chancellor waiting, Kelly, which, by the way, take a hint. But Kelly is, is there and sees him and they're talking and it kind of seems like they're flirting. Yeah, it does. Like... I, I don't know what's up there. I mean, there, it seems like there's just a lot of... There's a lot of sexual tension in this episode.
0: Did they ever date? Because I haven't watched I the show. I think
1: so. I think they did, like, in the beginning of the show.
0: Because if I was casting this show for, for couples, mm-hmm. like, like, let's say, I don't know, young couples or married or whatever. You know what I mean? Like, it was a totally different show. Let's say I was casting it. Those are the two I would put together and... and uh, Brenda and and Dylan are the two I would put together
1: based on personality, look Just
0: based on looks, they look like a couple. Yeah,
1: yeah, I can see that because they're. I mean, the one's darker and the one's lighter, and
0: yeah, they, they look like they. Those two groups look like couples. Yeah,
1: that makes sense. So Kelly always through this whole episode to me looks pissed off, except for that scene.
0: Yeah, she the she's making faces the entire time.
1: Yeah, and I don't know why. I feel like I feel like I'm missing some inside like joke or or some inside slight that.
0: I think she just I think she's just a bad person. (laughs) I don't think she's she's doesn't seem to be very happy. She's not supportive of the Geraldo Rivera wanting to clean up the environment. She just I don't know. She just seems down on everything. Like absolutely everything. Yeah. She does not shine in this episode.
1: No, no. I mean, she is annoying the hell out of me. Honestly. And I usually like Kelly. Um, So Dylan is trying to get Brenda's dad to invest in Geraldo Rivera. God, I should have written down his name. (laughs) His company. He
0: looks like Geraldo
1: Rivera. But he's not. With
0: the glasses and that big bushy mustache. Right.
1: So Dylan's trying to get the Walsh's dad to invest in his company so that they don't have to move to Arizona. Because the whole thing is he's having trouble getting investors that want to start a company in California.
0: They say he's a CPA. At one point in this episode, they say he's a CP. The dad. Yes, I don't know if the mom does anything or not, but do CPs really make that much money? Yes. Okay. Well, I guess in California, he's probably got some really rich clients yeah. or something. I mean,
1: I'm sure they don't all make that much money, but
0: because they have they can. an enormous house in Beverly Hills, in California, right. That house is like a two or three million dollar house.
1: Oh yeah, for sure.
0: I mean, there's a, there's million dollar houses in California that are like eight hundred square feet. So I'm sure that this house is incredibly expensive.
1: Yeah, I mean, and they obviously have a lot of money.
0: Yeah, because they want them to invest.
1: Right. So, so he sets up a brunch for them to to do that. Now, while he's there talking to Dad, he sees Brenda in the kitchen. Yeah. I, honest to God, expected them to just go into like full-blown fl- fucking on the kitchen table. I'm sorry.
0: You thought that that was going to happen <laughs> on this television show on Fox? Okay. No,
1: but I mean, I mean, the way they were looking at each other was insane. Like, yeah. She's like, I wanted to thank you properly, and it's like you oh, know yeah, she what said, she means. She when said, she "I." Says ne- that.
0: She said, "I never got to thank you properly." I did expect her to just drop out of frame down
1: her. Knees. Right. <laughs> Honestly,
0: that is what I thought when she said that.
1: And, I mean, they're looking at each other like they just want to, like, eat each other.
0: <laughs> right.
1: Um, and then, like, they both say each other's name at the same time. It's like, just kiss. Just, you know you want to kiss. But they She didn't. does kiss him. Well, yeah, but on the cheek.
0: On the cheek, yeah. But she does that thing where she kisses him on the cheek and kind of brushes the rest of her face as she backs up.
1: Yeah. Yeah, she was waiting for him to, mm-hmm. yeah. You're right. So there's a lot of sexual tension happening in this episode, like I said. Now, everybody's telling Steve, see the play, see the play, see the play, stop being a douche. Basically, because they want everyone to get along. I mean, it really seems like that's all it is. They just want everyone to get along. I guess. I think it's kind of shitty. Like, if he doesn't want to see the play, he, he, he went through a traumatizing event. He was dating this girl, and she almost killed herself in front of him. He shouldn't have to go see the damn play.
0: I thought the traumatizing event you were talking about was when he went to the doctor to be changed from a human being into a human asshole. I don't care about Steve or what (laughs) or, or what his traumatizing event was or anything like that. I don't care. Okay. And whether or not he sees the play, I don't care either. And I don't know why she does. I don't know why she's friends with him. He's Brandon's friend.
1: Well, I think they're all friends, and they've been... You know, her and Brandon are twins, so they're in the same age group. They're going to have the same friends, and they've all been friends for, like, what, at least four years since they moved there? Sure. Because we're in season four of the show. Where'd they move from? I don't know. Minnesota? The Midwest, I believe.
0: I think they said Minnesota.
1: Okay, well, that's the Midwest.
0: I think they mentioned Minnesota at some point in this episode.
1: So, then, um, Brandon... Busts into the chancellor's office. Literally just can't take it anymore. Goes
0: by the secretary.
1: Yeah. Has made up his mind. Doesn't care what's happening. I'm talking to him.
0: Tells him off. Says. Mm -hmm. Basically says. You know. I'm sorry you can't handle what your daughter is. Right. And I had to be the one to tell you. But I'm sick of, you know, what you're doing to me and everything. And I'm not going to be a delegate and all this stuff.
1: Yeah. It's insane. So, but then it turns out that he's like, "Why would you think you're not going? Of course you're going. I've just been busy." Hey,
0: yeah, he's like, and he's like, "Why wasn't my name in the in the book?" And he goes, "Oh, it's a printing error."
1: Which is why you didn't get yeah. your tickets,
0: right? And he's like, oh, "I've just been really busy." And he's like, "Oh, you're my point man. You're the you know you're going to be the lead on this and and you know I think that you know what you did with my daughter was great. Someone should have put her in her place. It seems very." the it was very manipulative yeah the way they wrote this because first of all they set it up in the last episode with her saying that and apparently she's just completely wrong i she's guess
1: just a bitch
0: and then this episode it's like he could have just stopped at any point and said hey i'll make a little time to meet with you he doesn't have a, he doesn't have five minutes Throughout the day for his point man on this really important thing. Right. To meet with him for a second when, he wants to, when he's wants, when he been wanting to meet all week.
1: And when he's apparently going out of town like the next day or something. I mean, yeah. by the end of the episode, he's leaving.
0: Yeah, if he hadn't actually, if he hadn't been assertive enough to say, I want to talk to him, then he just wouldn't have gone and would this whole thing have fallen through?
1: Right. I mean, this is, yeah, it's crazy. So
0: it's a little ridiculous not to at least have a phone conversation. Like when you get off of work. Just call up, because they've been, they've been meeting every episode <laughs> up until this point. Just call them up on the phone and be, hey, Brandon, what do you want to talk to me about?
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I can't, I can't, it doesn't make sense. So, okay. Now Dylan and Kelly, this seems to almost come out of nowhere. I mean, I know she had her little flirting with Brandon and he had his little flirting with Brenda, but I didn't see major issues necessarily to the point that they would say it out loud, but she's like. What's going on with us? If you take sex out of the relationship, we don't even have a relationship.
0: Right. and That's a lot of high school relationships.
1: Yeah, but they're not in high school. That's true. So, then they're talking about, like, maybe we can just forget everything that happened and, and try to work through it.
0: That's what Dylan says.
1: Yeah. Forget what, though? I mean, I, I don't get it.
0: I assume they mean the stuff with Brenda and the play and all that stuff and her bitchiness. I don't know.
1: I mean, it didn't seem like they were having that many fights. I mean, I guess we have commented they didn't seem like they had a great relationship a few times. But it seemed more like we as an audience know they don't have a great relationship. It didn't seem like they knew.
0: Yeah, that's true.
1: So they broke up. They ended up breaking up.
0: Yeah, because he says something about... They they agree that they're going to to work it out. Mm -hmm. And then he says something about the investments in... This dude that's going to save the environment. And she just makes a face. And then he says, oh, what what did I say? And then they start talking and he says, you know, you've been resentful of of the step of the mom and and this.
1: Anything that takes my attention from you.
0: Right. Yeah. So they break up.
1: Yeah. Well, and they should have. And I'm glad they did. Frankly. Yeah, me too. And Let's then, see how long
0: it lasts, but yeah.
1: Yeah. And then Steve and Brenda make up because he comes to see her play. Right. So the only other thing is the side story with um, Donna and David.
0: Yeah. I really I was gonna don't s- care about that. I them. was going to say, I-, I thought you were going to be done. And I was going to say, oh, you-, you missed one of the stories. Did you not write anything down about it? I because did. it's the most uninteresting per character in the uh, entire show.
1: I really did. And this was another one with the sexual tension.
0: For a brief second.
1: But it would it seem flirty when he met this girl at the studio that Don is working at. And she invited him. Hey,
0: that's okay though, right? What? That he was flirty with her.
1: No. That's real life. The internet is not real life. You know,
0: when you're typing on the internet, you're still in real life, right? You're not transporting yourself to some magical world.
1: Maybe I am. That
0: is... What are you talking about? <laughs>
1: I could be a unicorn lady and you would have no idea.
0: What? <laughs> what does that mean?
1: <laughs> I like to play role-playing games online.
0: But you're still real. But it's still really you. i playing a character. With Oh, okay. So if you flirt in character, it's okay?
1: Well, yeah, it's like being in a play.
0: Okay. I'll kind of agree with that. But not if you're being yourself just over chat.
1: But how do I even know they're being themselves?
0: It doesn't matter. If you're being be, yourself. But
1: everyone can be putting on a character. None of it's real.
0: This is this is the most ridiculous conversation I've ever had in my life.
1: Anyway, she invites David to Jam. Jam. <laughs> yeah. Jam with the band. And she's like, "It's my job to find the next big thing, and like all this other flirty bullshit." But Donna comes to the jam session. Correct. So I mean, it's obviously there's nothing actually happening here with him and this girl, but while he's jamming, the girls talk, and Donna agrees that he will perform as the opening act with these guys for this baby face concert she's setting up.
0: Right, hip hop. Yeah, they they go into uh, the studio where where what's her name not shannon doherty the other one tori spelling where tori spelling works and they say oh it's hip-hop central or something (laughs) like that so it's it's hip-hop central filled with white people yeah that makes sense
1: yeah it's kind of weird um so what's what's really weird to me about the whole thing though is she agreed for him that he would do this and like they're not even engaged. Like they're not married. So if she's they were, not his mom. So if
0: they were engaged, she could just dictate no, his life. But
1: I'm saying it's it's just more absurd because they're not at that big of a level of commitment in their relationship right. either. But are um, not
0: even having sex. Right? As we learned in the last episode.
1: But it turns out I guess he had some kind of drug problem and was involved with some dude named Howard and they all know each other from this time in his life and and he's like, No, I'm not gonna keep you know hanging out with these guys because he says he's
0: got a gram of orange juice what
1: the hell does that mean
0: I don't know I assume that they're talking about cocaine because you know grams but orange juice uh, that that doesn't I mean Wait,
1: is it LSD is that one of the things? LSDs
0: not sold by the gram
1: no but orange juice you take orange juice with it
0: you can can, to but... like
1: increase the effects?
0: No, it doesn't increase the effects. No. But you you can. But I, I I haven't really heard of that much. But
1: all right, drug people. <laughs> <laughs> if, if you drug know, addicts out there, what to it have means? a hold of this tape, <laughs> to have a gram of orange juice, let us know.
0: Yeah, because cocaine's not orange. It is not. There there is there's an O in the word cocaine, but no J. So I'm not sure. Is it referring to O.J. Simpson? How fast and powerful of a running back he was, <laughs> and it'll make you feel like O.J. Simpson that you could run like him. God, I, I fucking love O.J. Simpson. What a great uh, running back! Oh no,
1: no sports stop.
0: Well, he was. He's an actor too. Naked Gun. Remember we saw the Naked Fine, Gun. Fine, talk before. about him being he, an actor. Okay, well I think he's going to be a big star. How about that? He's funny. You don't though. He, what do you mean I don't?
1: Well, you're just talking about how great of, an act- of a sports guy he is. So what? He was a great
0: sports guy, but now he's retired, and now he's an actor. Okay. Terrible on Monday Night Football, great in the Naked Gun movies. Funny guy. Okay. I don't think that his name should be sullied by being associated with cocaine, if that's what they're doing.
1: <laughs> well, we don't know, but it's some kind of drugs, and-, and good for David. He stands up for himself and says he's not doing it, because he doesn't want to be around that.
0: Yeah, you know what's really stupid, though? Hmm. Is he still could have played with that band and just said, Oh, I'm not into drugs anymore, guys. I don't need to do drugs to play keyboard in your band. (laughs) Right. So I don't know why he didn't just do that.
1: Well, maybe it would be hard for him to be around it. Maybe he misses it. Maybe, you know, he would feel like he wanted to do it if he saw them doing it.
0: Maybe, I guess. I don't know. Too much of a temptation. Right. They could be doing it on stage. They're going to be drinking orange juice on stage or whatever the hell this is.
1: Don't you think they'd have to practice? I mean, they were talking about picking songs and stuff, and he'd have to spend some serious time with these guys. I
0: suppose. So,
1: yeah, he'd probably be around them when they were doing drugs at some point.
0: Well, he has the stupidest haircut and the blandest storyline of any character in this show.
1: I honestly wish that him and Donna just weren't even on here. We could make it a half hour show. Yes. Just take them out.
0: Well, that that was our episode of 90210. So now we're gonna move on to the movie we watched.
1: Movie, T V miniseries, six hours of life. Eight hours of life really.
0: Yeah. Commercials.
1: Soul sucking commercials.
0: <laughs> we uh we watched the TV miniseries The Stand by uh while well, Stephen King wrote it. I've read it. Carol hasn't. Directed by Mick Garris and starring some dude named Gary Senis. <laughs> uh I Molly it, Ringwald. Yeah. We all remember her.
1: She Rob, looks good for however old she is.
0: Yeah. Well, I think she's in her late 20s, early 30s. I don't know. I
1: don't know. She looks good, though.
0: Anyway. Also, Rob Lowe makes an appearance. That dude from Coach that plays Dauber uh, Dauber on coach yeah good job Bill Faber <laughs> I don't know his name uh, that his name's Bill something it's it's another one of those remember when we did the Olympics mm. talked about the Olympics kind of and it was in Hammer and they had all those Scandinavian words yeah He's got one of those Scandinavian word last names. And I'm really starting to get annoyed (laughs) with the Scandinavians. Are you? Yeah, it's because they spell things properly. (laughs) Iceland, or whatever. I don't know, one of those. One of those. Finland.
1: You know, they they speak a different language, so they are spelling things properly.
0: No, they're not spelling things properly. Whatever, baby. This This is America. Speak English. Wow. Have an English last name. Change your name, Bill Fabrica You're
1: you're being a dick. What? That's rude. I mean, Steve. Yes. <laughs> I'm pulling a Steve. You're pulling a Steve.
0: Ian Ziering. Anyway. So yeah, so he's in it, and there's some other people in it. I don't know. The guy from Parker Lewis Can't Lose is in it. I loved that show.
1: Um. Oh, what's his name? Never mind. What? No, I was thinking of somebody that was not in it.
0: Oh, okay. Well, that's good. <laughs> We should talk about people that weren't in it. No. It would be better acting. We should not. So, it was four days, obviously. Sunday, Monday, Thursday, Friday? Sure. I believe. And it was a thing. It happened. It existed.
1: <laughs> well, you read the book. How do you feel like it compared to the book?
0: It was not as good as the
1: book. No. No.
0: It was not even as close to as good as the book. They leave some pretty chilling things out, but that's probably good because nothing in this movie was scary in any way. No.
1: No, I mean, the the, the worst scene in the whole movie was more cringeworthy. It was more... There was a lot of cringeworthiness. Yeah, I mean, it was more like just make you uneasy and queasy, but not scared.
0: So I'm going to lightning fast through this plot because obviously... It was a lot of TV to watch. Right. A lot of television movie to watch. And it was a big event. I mean, you know, it was hyped big time. Yeah. But anyway, so uh, this dude's at a military base with his family, some sort of military facility. And they're experimenting with some kind of super flu for biological warfare because, you know, shadow government's got a shadow government. So it gets out. And starts killing people. They get out and leave. Instead of, you know, instead of like a gentleman staying there and dying, you know, for his country to protect everyone else in the world, he, he takes his wife and his infant daughter and, and leaves. Yeah,
1: selfish assholes.
0: So they drive from, I think it's California, to Texas. Okay. Or something like that. I
1: know that. they said it was halfway across the country from where he yeah. started. Yeah,
0: so that's what I was thinking. And I don't think it was in the... Maybe it was in the East. I don't know. Or the Midwest or something. I don't know. I don't know. Anyway, they drive from wherever they're at, halfway across the country, and they crash at a gas station in Texas. And that's where Gary Sinise and the rest of them are. He plays Stu Redmond, Stuart Redmond, And crashes in there he's dying one guy says oh it looks like cholera <laughs> and the wife and the daughter are dead
1: yeah that was sad
0: you didn't actually see them they were at least respectful about that
1: but the the dad is like you know thrown out of the car in this accident on the ground and just like my wife and baby are sick they need help my wife and baby are sick and it's like he's obviously sick and dying himself right and and just in, of, in denial about the fact that they're dead they've been dead Ugh.
0: lots of people die in this in this movie yeah so anyway, obviously lots of people die like 99% of the population of the globe dies. So the you know it starts to get out, the government comes and they sequester them. They put them in a like facility, a medical facility where they're they're testing them and everything. People are dying. They make them they make the government doctors and stuff cartoonishly evil yeah. for no reason. <laughs> There's a way that this could have been written, and it was a lot better in the book. But there's a way that this could be written where they don't seem like such complete assholes. So, anyway, they uh, they do that, and then oh, it was the dad from Alf too. The dad from Alf yeah. was was the guy, yeah. the the main the main doctor that was being a jerk. So anyway, they uh, they do that, and they be jerks to them, and they all die except for Stu. And they don't know why. They want to test him to figure out why he's not dying. Why he's not even getting sick from this thing. So, they can't figure it out. And they never do. But, basically, all this sets up that there are people throughout the, throughout the country, and we see several of them. Molly Ringwald, who plays Franny Smith. Parker Lewis, who plays Harold Lauder and we see I don't remember the guy that, that plays Larry Underwood but yeah he he's in it too <laughs> Laura San Giacomo plays Nadine Cross and they meet they meet up in New York we see all these different groups of people and we kind of get to know them a, a little bit but there's part of the problem with this is there's too many characters yeah there's so many characters you don't care about them you don't really Form any emotional connections to any of the characters, and that's part of the reason why the book is better. The book gives you a lot of time to get to know these characters. You you hear their inner thoughts Mm -hmm. because it's a book. You know, you get to you really get to identify with them, and it makes it more of an emotional impact when things happen to them in the book. But here, there's so many characters they have to like really breeze through a lot of it,
1: and there's so much death. That you're just kind of braced for it. Like, you don't worry. And I think it kind of keeps you from wanting to be attached.
0: Yeah. And Ed Harris has a small role as the general that's supposed to be in charge of trying to contain this thing. Obviously, they don't. It spreads. They say it has a communicability of 99%, which I'm not sure what that means. Does that mean if you come in contact, any kind of contact, even, like, walking by someone that has it, you have a 99% chance of getting it? Or if they sneeze, or just if you breathe in this virus, it's 99% chance that you'll be sickened with it. Yeah, they
1: never really say how it's, how it's passed.
0: Right, well they say it's the flu, it's like the flu, and most people will just think they've got the flu.
1: But then they die.
0: Right, it kills them. So anyway, they they make up this government story and everything. I mean, all this goes to shit real quick. And then Ed Harris ends up shooting himself while pinning a note on his chest that says guilty. And it's one of those things where it doesn't have a super emotional connection yeah. either. Kathy Bates from Misery makes a small cameo in in this where she plays uh, Ray Flowers, a female radio host who is talking about how the government's like shooting people, shooting pedestrians, burning bodies, all this stuff. And the military comes in there and ends up shooting and killing her.
1: On the air. Yeah,
0: so that they she can't broadcast anymore, which is ridiculous because they were there in the room with her why shoot her while people are listening only to confirm everything that she's right. saying why not just go in there grab her cuz you're like five large men <laughs> and pull physically pull her away from the recording ins- you know devices and then turn it off right it just seems ridiculous. And then you could have arrested her. She wasn't armed. There was no reason to shoot sure. her. Did
1: they do that in the book too?
0: I believe in the book it was a bit different. Ray Flowers was a guy. Oh. And I think it was... It might, it might have been a radio show. I can't remember if it was a TV show or a radio show. But he was barricaded. And he had a gun, I believe. But he was barricaded in there. And they couldn't get in. You know, like they had to like break stuff to get in and everything, uh-huh. and uh, they did end up shooting him, but he had a gun, I believe, too, okay. and he was, like, shooting at them, and he was, it was more kind of than what 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 they what she was doing, where she was just like, hey, the callers were calling in, and it was like, hey, tell me what you've heard, and broadcasting it to everybody, and saying, you know, hang in there, and, and all that kind of stuff. He was, he was the one that was saying, all, like, he was reporting the news, basically, mm-hmm. like, this, this is the stuff that I've seen. This is what I've heard. This is what the government's doing kind of thing. So it was a little bit different in the okay. book. There were a lot of things that were slightly different in the book. But, uh, so, everyone dies. And, except for, you know, the, the small group that uh, that we are, you know, becoming acquainted with. And then we meet Randall Flagg. Who starts gathering up people that, all, you know, other people that have survived. And this is, this is the fatal mistake with this movie is no offense, Jamie Sheridan, if you happen to come across this tape, but the portrayal of Randall Flagg is terrible. Yeah. And I think, I think a lot of that has to, has to do with acting. I think some of it's got to do with directing as well.
1: And costuming. Oh yeah.
0: Mick Garris has directed Critters 2 prior to <laughs> this movie. So when, when you've got the director from Critters 2, I don't know what else you can expect. Right. I know you're not going to get Steven Spielberg to make a made-for-TV movie because it's a made-for-TV movie with a nothing budget. You know, the, the, the most they'll spend money on is to get name actors like Rob Lowe or Molly Ringwald to come in and do it, or Ray Walston. To come in and do it, but I mean, you know, you, you also you're not going to see Meryl Streep doing a made for TV movie or anything like that. I yeah. mean, those Hollywood people are not doing they're not doing TV stuff. Okay, so I understand you're not going to get like a cream of the crop director, but I think he could get someone better than the director of Critters Two. Maybe that's all I'm saying. But the problem is, is that Randall Flagg is not menacing or scary. In this movie at all. He's sort of creepy.
1: Sort of, yeah.
0: But he doesn't really play it. I mean, it's just, it's not written or played the way that it should be. If you read the book, you would kind of get it, what he is. He's a usurper, an interloper, someone who's used to working behind the scenes. This Randall Flagg has appeared in a lot of different Stephen King books, short stories, things like that with various aliases or a- is it Ali? i
1: think it's aliases so stop it <laughs> uh anyway
0: so he he just doesn't play it right he plays it too he's very jovial kind okay. of where he's sort of trying to play it like the happy prankster that has this dark side like an abusive husband yeah. That's what it reminds me of. Jamie Sheridan's performance reminds me of the charming abusive husband yes. in a like like Lifetime movie. Exactly. And that's not Randall Flagg. Randall Flagg is a manifestation of pure evil.
1: Yeah, he definitely didn't come across that way.
0: So we come to... They start having dreams about Mother Abigail, this 106-year-old black woman... Or, more accurately, this 45-year-old black woman under a ton of terrible old-age makeup. (laughs) Right. Who's at her house in Nebraska telling people to come because God is speaking directly to her. It it explains in the book, it does not explain in the movie, but it explains in the book that she has heard God speak to her her whole life. Mm -hmm. And not as in God works through me or anything like that. God literally talks to her. She prays, he talks back, and only she can hear it.
1: So she has schizophrenia.
0: No, she had. She has some sort of gift. I mean, obviously, if that, if someone claimed that in the real world, that's what we would
1: say. Yeah.
0: But as it becomes clear that everything that she says is accurate, and everything it becomes clear that God is actually physically talk, talking to her right which is something god is able to do in this universe okay that stephen king created but so they start having dreams they start knowing that they need to go to nebraska they also just for no reason also start having psychic powers themselves Stu, at one point Stu knows somebody's dead knows when somebody gets hurt they all kind of know they have to go to Nebraska, mostly because of these dreams. Yeah, it's
1: because of the dreams.
0: I'll get to that later. If you you look like you don't remember that part, it's a it was very long. Okay. to, to you know, it was a long four days, but <laughs> I, I'll get to it later. So anyway, they the gist of it is that the good people are going to Nebraska and then later Boulder, Colorado, mm-hmm. to be with Mother Abigail and start this new society, basically. Right. And the bad people are going to Las Vegas, Nevada with Randall Flag. Sin City. To, exactly. To, to, basically, they're starting a society, too. This is another part, this is another bad part about the, about the miniseries when it comes to the book. It makes it really clear that the people that go to Las Vegas are not all evil. Some of them are violent murderers or rapists or whatever bad people. Some of them are just lost people, okay? You, you know, drug addicts or people who, people who want to do right but feel conflicted. A lot of them are just trying to build a society, mm-hmm. and they they'll justify things because of that. They start to in Las Vegas. They go to the airport or the, not the airport the Air Force base. And they start working with the bombs, getting the planes ready and everything. And Randall Flagg tells them, we have to be able to defend them, defend ourselves. There are other people out there. They're going to have guns. There's lots of missiles and whatever spread across this whole country that no one's in charge of anymore. We have to be able to protect ourselves if anyone ever comes to attack us. They He frames it in a very logical, nice way, but... Everything he's doing is the antithesis of that. But that's how he charms people. Mm -hmm. It's like people going towards Hitler. Right. Basically. Not every German person that lived in Germany during World War II, and not even every member of the Nazi party, was a horrible person. You know, if you weren't uh, high up in the Nazi party, you had no idea what they were doing. You were just like, oh, you know, I voted for the Nazis, and I live in Germany, and it's 1939. Those weren't all terrible people. Some of them just didn't know. Some of them were. Some of them were just seduced right. by what he was saying. So it, it's more of that than the way he portrays it. But that's another unfortunate thing is we don't get to. We don't get to see the humanity of those people. They're just generic villains.
1: Yeah, just generic bad guys. And, and that, most of them dress in a way that makes you think they're bad guys. Oh unlike yeah, unlike him.
0: Exactly. <laughs> yeah, most of them are wearing some sort of black. They're in uh, leather or some of the, the shirts that Miguel Ferrer wa- wears as, as Lloyd Hendrick mm-hmm. are ridiculous. The s- flowing silk shirts and right. stuff.
1: But no, he's always in that stupid jean jacket.
0: Yeah, it's it's something that he wore at the very at the very beginning. He's, he's, he is described in the book, in the very beginning, as wearing that when he's walking down the road in Arizona. Should try to blend in. Right. But he doesn't stay in that for the entire book. <laughs> you know, he changes into other things. And, and yeah, his, his long mullet hair. Oh it's, God, uh,
1: his feathered mullet. It's Ugh.
0: The whole thing's terrible. All of it's terrible. The CGI's terrible.
1: Yeah, yeah. When he turns into a monster, he doesn't look scary at all. Except for when he's a raping girl.
0: Yeah. Laura Sangiacomo.
1: That makes me so upset. Because no reason for that. I mean, there was absolutely... She was willing to have sex with him. Yeah. Until he did that. And then it turned into rape. Yeah. And then it scarred her forever. Ugh.
0: Oh, yeah. Well, she, I think she was already on her way to being scarred. I mean, he... The way he got into her head was... I mean, we're kind of getting out of ourselves. But basically, we're not going to go through... Like I said, we're not going to go through the entire plot... If you're listening to this, you probably watched right. it. A lot of people, I'm sure, did watch it, but yeah, they so they it's it's a good versus evil kind of thing. And this is another thing I, I hate to keep to keep going back to what the book did right. Can that I the say movie something did well, wrong.
1: that's that's the whole thing? Is like you shouldn't have to be explaining the movie by using the book.
0: I know that that's another big failing. Yeah, but one thing that the book I think did really well, the movie doesn't. Is that the book sets up the, first of all, you get to know the characters really well. In here, like I said before, there's too many characters and we don't get emotionally attached to them. But in the book, you get to know the characters really well. You become emotionally invested in, in all the characters, even some of the bad guys. You feel sympathy for Lloyd. And when stuff starts coming crashing around, you want him to leave. You want him to be okay. Okay. Because of what you've learned about him throughout the, throughout the book. But his loyalty to Flag is his downfall, basically. But anyways... well, he so,
1: says that in the movie too. Like, yeah, he wouldn't leave him.
0: He does. He does, but it doesn't. It just doesn't connect.
1: No, none of it does. I think. I think it's too much going on to be in that format. To be, it should never have been taken from book.
0: They should have made it into a television series, maybe, instead of a movie. A series. I mean, even, I know they don't ever do this, but you could have a TV series that's designed to only last one season. Or designed to only last two seasons. It'd be like an extended miniseries. Yeah. Where you have it just an hour episode and it's, I don't know, like 15, 20 episodes. And then you're done. And that's all you do. Now, they'll never do that because they don't make money doing stuff like that. Apparently.
1: Well, I mean, they that that's like half what they did already, though. I mean... It's,
0: what do you mean half what they did already?
1: I mean, they already did half of that. You're saying 16, 20 episodes. They they did eight hours in four episodes.
0: Yeah, and it was... The, mo- the movie wasn't awful. It was okay. But what I'm saying is in 20 hours of television, they could have done it a lot better. Yeah. They could have built up a, a lot more. Think about how each episode at the beginning could focus on a character. And then you really get to know that character. You get to know where that character is. You get to know what's going on in the world through that character's eyes. And through each character, it the virus progresses. This disease and this apocalypse progresses from each character that we see. Whoever we see first, whether it's Franny or Stu, probably Stu, based on the way that the book is formed. Right. Imagine if... See, this is what happens. They crash into the pump, Stu's there, they try to help, the guy dies. I think, they, I think then we go to somebody else, but the next time we come back to Stu, the government's there at his house arresting him, or not arresting him, but you know, taking him to that hospital where they're, taking, where they're quarantining everyone who they are pretty sure are going to die. And then we see him, We have a couple scenes with him in the hospital. Then he gets out, and that's it. We haven't learned much of anything about him. Imagine episode one, Stu, completely. He's there. You know, we could, It could be framed sort of like this was, where we see this guy leaving the facility. Then the next thing we see is, is him crashing into the pumps. Stu's there. We see Stu. He's emotionally disturbed by what he's seeing with his family dying. And then we see him go home we see him with his girlfriend maybe we see him with his parents or or anybody you know and and he talks to his friends we see him in the town we get to know who he is what he believes in and how everyone else interacts with him as this stuff starts then we leave him for the next episode go to franny it's been a little bit longer you know another few days or whatever the, the virus has gotten worse and we see what's going on with her life and we do that with every character in the first few episodes then you really get an emotional connection to all these characters and as we come back to them and we see what's going on with our lives it becomes dramatic Yeah, that's what I'm saying, that's why I think longer form this book is too big for even 8 hours of movie yeah so, and that's a big problem with it that's that's the biggest problem with this. That and Randall Flagg.
1: Yeah, you just you end up with surface.
0: And there's a lot of bad acting. Yes. A lot of kind of over the top acting. The Miguel Ferrer is okay, although I didn't love his performance. Uh Gary Sinise is fine in it. And then Molly Ringwald was not great. I didn't think. I,
1: I thought she did good.
0: Laura San Giacomo. Eh. Eh. Yeah, exactly.
1: I mean, she she definitely could have done better.
0: I mean, it was nice to see her in her bra. I mean, that that's that was that was you're a pig. That was the you're flirting with guys on the internet. I am
1: not. I'm just saying. I don't think you would be cheating. I am not doing it.
0: Anyway, so that's well, that was the highlight for Laura Laura's <laughs> character. No, she did okay in, in parts. I don't know, and then everyone else just kind of there they're not really doing much. Ray Walston is a great legendary actor, gives a gives a fine performance and that's about it.
1: Which character did he play?
0: He was Glenn, the old man.
1: Okay. Well, he wasn't in it that super long, was he?
0: No. But, you know, he's trying. He's 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 being a professional. While everyone else around him is phoning their performance in cuz <laughs> it's a TV movie. Uh, but so what happens is is they end up, you know, Going into different camps like that. And they decide that they start to build the world back up the way it was. And Glenn mentions this, and it's sort of a theme of the book as well. And he, Glenn mentions it a few times about how it's dumb that they're just rebuilding everything the way it was. Yeah. That they have a chance to make a new kind of world, a new kind of country, a better one than we had But instead, we're just going to turn on all the power and get the nuclear bombs all together and all this stuff. You know, all this, these horrible weapons of war that we're just going to stockpile again when this is a second chance. Supposedly by God, that's the implication. So in Vegas, that is what they're doing. They're doing all that stuff. And the two sides look similar. I mean that that delineation, sorry, that delineation in the book is is pretty is pretty clear that okay. the two sides are beginning to resemble each other.
1: I think we should be playing a drinking game where you take a shot every time Mark says the book.
0: Yeah, probably. <laughs> she probably should have started that earlier.
1: Right. Anyway,
0: so they decide that they need to to scout them out and figure out what they're doing over there. So they send people over there. Uh, it never really comes of anything. Two uh, to him die. <laughs> like, the judge, we never see what the judge does at all. Yeah, and we, then he we just... see him get killed. Yeah, we see him get killed. That's it. We never see I don't him...
1: think he made it there. He did. No, he was driving in a car. I think he, he, was, he was driving his way. He
0: was driving away.
1: Oh, he was leaving. Okay. Yeah.
0: And then we see the girl. We never see what... We see that she started a relationship with Lloyd, but we never see any information she got from him or anything mm-hmm. or how she got in with Lloyd. And it, take a drink because this is a, these are parts that are well fleshed out <laughs> in the book. So then she ends up getting killed or killing herself so that she doesn't give away yeah. so that she doesn't give away the third person, which is uh, Bill Fowler <laughs> playing a mentally challenged individual or whatever. He's not. He He's ha-
1: mildly retarded. Yeah,
0: he has the like a seven year old's mentality, basically.
1: Yeah, it's kind of sad.
0: It is sad, but...
1: Especially, I mean, like, when you realize he's been alone for a while, like, when they first introduced this character, you, you imagine it's it's almost the same as a child having been alone in, on their own in this town. Right. So.
0: so anyway, then he's one of the other ones. He's the one that gets away, eventually. And Mother Abigail says that... Well, Franny, Franny's pregnant. Forgot to mention that. Yeah. Franny reveals that she's pregnant. She got pregnant from her boyfriend at the beginning of the summer. And they broke up because her boyfriend didn't want to raise a child. And then he, he probably died of the flu. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I guess he got what he deserved. So she's pregnant. And they're worried about it because they don't know if the baby's going to get the flu or not. So there's an explosion. Kills Nick. I mean, I'm not going to go through the no, whole thing. No,
1: there's too much to go through the
0: whole thing. So, the long story short, I know it's too late for that, but four of them are supposed to go there, three of them die, Stu's the only one that doesn't die. He's the only one that doesn't make it to Vegas. The trash can man, who I haven't mentioned at all, and who's not really a huge part of this. He's
1: really not, yeah. But
0: drink, he was a huge part of the book.
1: <laughs>
0: so, he's like Flag's right hand band, but he's a pyromaniac.
1: He's Flag's right hand man.
0: Yeah, I, lo- I thought
1: that. I thought that. Uh,
0: L- Lloyd's, yeah. Lloyd's, his like top enforcer. But Trashcan Man's like that's who Flag thinks is going to make all this go. That's his vision. Really? Yes.
1: That's weird.
0: He could. He can't help himself. He's working around bombs all day. He plants a bomb to cause an explosion because he's a pyromaniac. Ends up killing one of uh, their guys and so in order to try to make it up to flag he goes and tracks down where they keep the nuclear missiles and he grabs one which apparently has a cracked case or something like that because he chains it to the back of an uh an atv and he drives it back into las vegas and by the time he gets there His face is just melting off from radiation poisoning.
1: That's what happened to his skin. Okay, I did not understand that that's what was happening.
0: Yeah, and Drink, in the book, they explain that it is a cracked case. Because an intact bomb like that wouldn't emit radiation Mm -hmm. in that way to kill someone like that. Or give someone that kind of radiation poisoning. So, when he loads it up, he bangs it a little bit and he cracks the case. And just thinks, "Ah, whatever, you know. He doesn't know he cracked the case, but... You bang a nuclear missile. There were a bunch of other ones. He just could have grabbed another one. Aww. But anyway, so he brings it into Vegas. And he's the whole time he's saying, my life for you, my life for you, this is for you, flag and everything. He brings it in. The two that are left that aren't killed, Larry and... I can't, you know, it, it's been a while since I've read the book, Drink. So I haven't... <laughs> I, I don't remember his name. But the he was so unremarkable and unmemorable in the movie that I can't remember his name yeah. either. And we just saw it. Something with an R, I think. Anyway. They're the only two left. They're about to be... They're about to be torn apart. Uh, what's it called? Drawn and quartered. Because... Or just quartered, I guess. Because of their supposed crimes. Flags staging all this public execution. For his bloodthirsty public. So, trash can Man comes in the middle of this. With the nuclear weapon. And they're praying to God. Mother Abigail's speaking to him, too. And then the hand of God literally comes out of the sky and grabs the nuclear missile and crushes it or whatever, makes it explode, and kills everyone. Kills everyone in Vegas. Kills Flag. Kills the good guys that were in Vegas. And that's it. They're all dead. So, basically, I guess the idea was... That God set this all up to restart the world. Sort of like the Great Flood, kind of. But a little bit different. of we'll great plague. And all the good people got together in one place. And then all the bad people gathered together in one place. And God knew, because God knows everything, that all this stuff would happen. So he knew that he'd be able to kill all the bad people in the world. Or at least in the United States. Because they'd all be together in one place. And now only the good people are left.
1: Yeah, that's interesting. Like, that would be an interesting social experiment. See what, to to what gather happened. up all the bad people and kill them all. No, I'm saying, I would just to see what happens with like, tw- crime. In, in the, in the, Talk about Hitler. Oh my god. In the, in the world that. Next Stephen on King Massive Leifi. Eugenics. Created, it would yeah. be interesting to see what happened 20 years later.
0: Yes, it would be. And we never go back. Yeah. He alludes to this world. A couple other times, but we never fully go back. Okay. Maybe this will be some, uh, one he goes back to at some point in one of his other books. We'll see. So, that is the stand. Not great. No, it was not worth the time that it took to right. watch it. I think that you could make it... The problem is, is the, the alchemy... The formula, the the stars aren't aligned to make this a good project for TV or film right now. You would need a situation where they're willing to do a series that's only one or two seasons and, and goes no farther. To have a, a concrete end date like that. You would need a series that, like the type of series that it would have to be, would be serialized instead of episodic. So that would have to be popular. That's not popular. You'd have to get good actors and good writers and good directors who don't work in TV. The The best writers work in Hollywood, in the movies. The best actors work in Hollywood, in the movies. The best directors work in Hollywood, in the movies. They don't go to TV. There's not enough money in it. And it would have to be on... It would have to be like on HBO or something. It would have to be on... A place where they don't show TV shows. They have to be on a place where you could get away with some nudity, some swearing, things like that. Because
1: God forbid you miss out on her bra again.
0: Well, no, they show that on regular TV. They could do that on regular or TV. Her breasts. I'm not saying. I'm not saying you have to see that. I'm just saying the what the things that happen in this book, drink, are that you need what would be a quote unquote R rating for a movie.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And you can't do that on TV, right? But you could do it on paid TV, like HBO, because they do—they have movies, they have R-rated movies on there.
1: It's gonna max.
0: Yeah, you could do it on there. It just, it, the, this book and this story is not a, an orgy.
1: No, origin. I know. I'm just saying.
0: But anyway, so you—none of those things are in place, and I doubt they ever will be. I don't—I don't think the stars will ever align like that in order to create an environment where you could actually successfully launch this as a TV project. Well,
1: here's the thing, honey, is that you love this story and you love Stephen King so much that you're motivated to even think about how to make it work, whereas most people just look at it and say, huh, it failed, let's move on. I mean, there's no reason to, like, bring it back and keep trying and trying again to get it right.
0: Yeah, well, I guess what's the point of even doing the show then? Why analyze anything?
1: No. No, no, I, it, no, but I'm just saying. I think that it does have a special place for you. It does. It does not for.
0: It's one me. of the best books that he's ever written. You should read the book. I know it's a long book. It is
1: a long book.
0: But you should read the book. It is worth it.
1: Well, I'll add it to the list.
0: Well, we will end this episode as we end every episode with our blockbuster pick of the week. This week, I have no blockbuster pick of the week. I do. Yeah, tell us what your Blockbuster Pick of the Week is.
1: Look who's talking now.
0: Yeah, absolutely horrifyingly terrible, worse than The Stand film.
1: It is adorable. I love this movie.
0: Oh, God.
1: It's Christmas time. It's a family film. The dogs get the couple back together. I mean, it's good.
0: Yeah, the dogs can talk now. Yes. Or think in human ease.
1: Yes, and it's awesome, and it's cute.
0: It doesn't make sense.
1: Well, you know, suspension of disbelief.
0: You know, you know, you you know what else is going to be
1: romantic comedy. You can watch this movie.
0: You know what I can believe? The suspension of John Travolta's career. (laughs) That guy is done.
1: I don't think so.
0: Oh, absolutely. After this movie, he's
1: done. No. What's he going to do?
0: His career. Whatever he wants. No one's hiring him. His career is over. He just made a
1: movie. One year ago.
0: Yeah, one. Okay, so one year ago, he starred in an absolutely horrible sequel
1: with Kirstie Alley,
0: whose career is also probably over.
1: No. Yes. Maybe they need to. They need to make a sitcom for them to do together.
0: That's not going to happen. With
1: the dogs and the kids. Yes.
0: Yeah, it's people like you in charge of television, <laughs> and that's why we can't have. That's why we can't have nice things. <laughs> that's why we can't make the stand.
1: Ah. I mean you know that That sounds
0: I, like a terrible show.
1: No, it does not.
0: It's talking a, dogs as the star of the show.
1: No, the dogs weren't be the stars. Just like the dogs weren't really the stars of the movie. The stars of the movie were John Travolta and Christy Alley. The dogs just moved things along.
0: Using star in a very loose loose term. John Travolta's career has been on a steady decline for quite a while. And This is the nail in the coffin to me. He would have have to star... Not necessarily star, but he would have to be in a groundbreaking, generational movie in order to get his career back. Someone would have to take a chance on him and say, I am going to resurrect your career by giving you the best part that has ever been written in one of the greatest movies of all time. And who's going to do that?
1: Any, any director.
0: Yeah, because any director can make a groundbreaking generational movie of all time.
1: I don't know, okay? Just, you're being all pessimistic and negative and
0: That's what I do.
1: I've had enough negativity this week.
0: Oh, wow. A lot of negativity this week in your life? Yeah. You want to talk about uh, your actual life? No.
1: <laughs> okay. Speaking of, though, like, I've been having this nightmare where, like, somebody is sharing my life, like, out there in, in the world, in the internet.
0: What are you talking about?
1: Like, like my diary, it's just out there for people to read. Like, little snippets of my personal thoughts and feelings. It's really scary. Can you've you imagine?
0: Been, you've been having a nightmare that someone has been sharing your diary to the world. Yeah. Or whoever's on AOL chat. Right. Via the internet.
1: Yes. It was very scary. That
0: is frightening. Why anyone... Wow. That's such a... Yeah, that would be not... Okay, so obviously this is a, a dream. But... that Just thinking about that, that, that would be horrifying. Could you imagine every... Like, I mean, a diary is like your interpersonal thoughts, everything that you do right. throughout the day. Could you imagine on the internet is every every place you've gone that day any place you know whatever you've thought personal thoughts you've had stuff you're struggling with
1: who you're spending time with exactly. what you're wearing
0: yeah what you're eating
1: yeah
0: all of that being on the internet that kind of Crazy. invasion of privacy
1: yeah so it was it was sounds like a nightmare yeah
0: anyway well that is our show for the week come back next week When we will be talking about a movie that's not on TV and probably isn't as bad as the stands. (laughs)
1: Knock on wood.
0: Next week is the season finale of 90210.
1: Yeah, I'm I'm excited about that. Then
0: we will be entering summer and we will have to come up with some stuff to do to fill our time during summer. I'll just talk about Comedy Central every
1: day. (laughs) No, you won't.
0: Wow. Okay. I see you. I see you working. (laughs) So, that is our show. As always, tell a friend. Send this tape to a friend. Get everyone involved. Tell us how much you love us. Do all the things. Or you hate us. Do all the things that you know you can do to help us out and reach more people.
1: Bye. See ya.